Welcome back to the Redbird Report. I'm your host, Scott Prerose. With me today, I have my co-sports editor, Reed. How's it going, Reed? Pretty good, man. Excited to talk Redbird sports. Big weekend in Redbird sports. Honestly, a little success everywhere around. Uh, we'll start with a big win for the ISU football team. Um, 27-21 over Indiana State. Uh, only a six-point win in a game where I think a lot of people thought they should have won that game by a lot more. However, it should be noted that 10 points were left on the board through kicking. I believe it was a blocked field goal, a blocked extra point, a missed field goal, and then a snap was messed up on another field goal. So that's 10 points off the board. You don't mess those up because none of those field goals are really too long, and I know that's in Ian Wagner's range. It was just you make some corrections on those, and you're winning by 10 to 15 points right there. So it makes a big difference there. But a win is a win regardless. Zach Anikstead played, despite the interception, arguably his best game with the team up to this point. 274 yards, four total touchdowns, just a big game all around. And then I don't think enough can be said about Winkers, right, in his performance. 185 yards on the or 180 yards on the ground, no touchdowns because Anikstead did run in those two that they got into the red zone area, but a big game regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And early on in the game, it had all the makings of a big uh, margin of victory that um, I thought was going to help ISU get into the FCS rankings. Um, again, second week receiving votes, but not able to t- quite tr- uh, crack that top 25. So overall, I liked the offense, how it looked. Um, defense obviously did their thing. Um, just a few areas of improvement, obviously the special teams helping them play complementary football and um, all those things you talk about in practice to really just translate into the games, just the little things. Yeah, uh, you talk about their ranking. They're currently receiving four votes to be ranked at this point. Um, and I think we talked about this last week. I personally would be fairly confident that a 7-4 and four ISU team could sneak into the playoffs. Um, again, you keep looking back at that Southern Illinois game. I mean, a win there, and you're all but secured at this point. But you have to win those games against Youngstown State and Western Illinois, and then you have to find a way to keep these games against North Dakota State and South Dakota State uh, over the next few weeks close. North Dakota State, I do want to point out, I was actually looking and I was a little shocked. North Dakota State beat Indiana State 31-26. So they didn't beat Indiana State by quite as big of a margin as the Redbirds. Granted, matchup-wise, you never know. That could mean absolutely nothing, but it is something to take into account. But like I said, they got to find a way to keep that game close, and I think they can. I think Vandenberg will hopefully be back to 100%. He didn't play in that game against Indiana State. But if Anikstead keeps playing like this, yeah, that one interception, but, I mean, four total touchdowns and you're able to use your legs the way that he does and that defense continues to play the way it did even without its star player, I mean, I think you can put up a fight and that's what you need to be able to do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great opportunity, honestly, next week um, going to North Dakota State. Um, North Dakota State having hard – it's f- hard to say it as they're the number four ranked team in the country, but – a down year for their program at 5-2, and two, everything they have accomplished in the past um, however many years, all the national championships and all that, NFL talent, um, just everything they've been able to do. So, you know, if there's a year to go into North Dakota State and knock off the Bison, I think this is the year to do it. And you have the offense really coming together a little bit the past two games. I think they've looked like a different team, I would say. So... I think if you can get in there, be ex- explosive, and then continue to rely on your defense, I think you give yourself a chance. 
Yeah, that game's going to be at 2.30 in Fargo, North Dakota there. Um, and then North Dakota State, their two losses are reasonable. I mean, Arizona's a Division One football team, FBS, and then you have South Dakota State, the number one team in FCS, right? Or maybe number two. I think a couple different rankings will have mm-hmm. them in a couple different spots. But it's, they, they're a really good team. They're always going to be a really good team. They're going to be near the top of the uh, FCS rankings every year. But I think that's the case with a lot of teams in the Missouri Valley Football Conference as well. I think that far and away, if you look at the rankings, is the best FCS conference for football. And it it shows every year. And I think ISU is really starting to put some stuff together, like I said. I think the fact that we have Annex at another year here, I'm really excited about. Because I think the way he's starting to put it together now, and yeah, he got that first touchdown to his brother this past weekend, which was really cool. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm excited about this team. you got a lot of potential over these next few weeks, a lot of big games coming up. Like I said, they have that game against uh, North Dakota State, and then they come home in a must-win against Youngstown State. Then they go to Brookings, South Dakota for South Dakota State before hosting Western Illinois in the regular season finale, which is another must-win game for the Redbirds, in my opinion. Um, But, yeah, just a big week for them. It'll be nice to see Zeke Vandenberg hopefully back 100% because they'll need him defensively in this coming week. But, uh. I, like I said, I said it over and over again. I got some high hopes for this team this year. Anything else from football on, from you? I think that's about it. All right, so now we'll touch a little bit on the volleyball team who seems to be getting a little bit more of a rhythm here after uh, struggling to find consistency just with all these injuries that were happening within the organization with all the, the couple medical retirements you had. Last weekend you had got the win against Indiana State and then the loss to Evansville. This weekend you sweep Belmont. And then you're losing four to Murray State, a good volleyball team there. But you're 2-2 two and two in your last four, which is really good considering having lost five straight right before that. But they got to start putting it together quickly here because I believe they're in ninth or 10th right now in the standings, and you got to get up to 8th if you want to make that MVC tournament in Evansville this year. Uh, let me look here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They're in 10th, right behind Missouri State, which makes this weekend even bigger for them, hosting Missouri State, the team right ahead of them. And then that last game of the season against Bradley might end up being huge for them if they can get a win there. Yeah, big opportunity for a revenge win after the um, the game, the match against Bradley that really went the opposite of how they expected it to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, they went to Nashville, and they looked like a different team than what we've seen probably the fat past six or seven games and it was amazing it looked like that had been the group they'd been sending out there all season so obviously the next night um not able to keep up the same rhythm um and get going it seemed like they were kind of back to their old ways um not getting anything going offensively um even despite hanging in there actually um pretty well but yeah i mean you got a big weekend ahead of you and they really need to take advantage of it um, let's see. So they have... You have Missouri State, who's right ahead of you. Yep. Missouri State Friday, Southern Illinois, um, you and I, and Drake for a four-game homestand. I mean, this is an opportunity to... This is kind of a make-or-break point in their schedule, I would say. Four games at home in a row. You're going to go to UIC um, in Chicago, go to Valparaiso, and then, yeah, like you said, host Bradley to end the season. I mean... It's all right in front of them. And these freshmen, um, five freshmen playing considerable amounts, it's just if there's a time that they can pull together, this would be a great time to do it. And really, um, 
I mean, they're being asked to play above their years, um, and I think they're going to start doing that towards the end of the season. So we'll see if they can pull off some wins. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. I think it's hard to say. I think they have to win probably at least three more matches here. Yeah. You've got to beat Missouri State just because that will give you the uh, advantage there. I don't know. That might be their only – yeah, that's their only matchup this season. So that's that really feels like a must win because if mm-hmm. you can take that, you own the tiebreaker over them. You've got to be able to beat Bradley at Redbird Arena the last game of the year, and you've got to be able to maybe find one or two more in that middle. That is a tough stretch, though, Southern mm-hmm. Illinois. So you go – their other five matches are the top five teams in the conference. Yeah. That is a tough stretch, but if you can get one or two of those, you give yourself a good chance of maybe sneaking in at that eight seed ish in the uh, tournament in Evansville, like I said. And then you never know. I mean, a fully healthy team. The freshmen are really starting to play at a high level. Shadowald's had a great season. Reagan Haith is really starting to step up. Emily Weber, uh, Weimer Skirsch is doing what she's always done, but getting Kushner back will obviously mm-hmm. be a huge help to that offense. I think. Mm-hmm. I think once you sneak into that tournament, if they do. Anything can happen from that point. It, it, yeah. We've seen that in the past. Anything really can happen. Yeah. Um, so you're looking to get Sarah Kushner back and potentially Caitlin Leffler. But I had an interesting note about Caitlin Leffler. I looked into it a little bit on my own and found, I believe the qualifications for a medical red shirt are you need to play less than 30% of the season and the injury has the games you play in have to be in the first half of the season. So I think Caitlin Leffler might be eligible for a medical red shirt which I don't know if that's something they would even consider. But, I mean, with the season looking how it is and the five other freshmen that you could get in the same class as her, I think it's definitely something the volleyball program should consider. Yeah, so next year, let's just take a look at this real quick. So you said Leffler, if she read church, she would, she would technically be in her second year still. Yeah. She would have uh, three more years of eligibility. So you have her, you have Jacobson, if she's able to return well from this. Mm-hmm. She has the ACL, correct? Yep. So Sarah Jacobson there. Emily Weber, who I think is a stud. I think she can definitely fill in for uh, Katie Weimerskirch there uh, and just all around the field. Um, That's Maggie Weller? Maggie Weller. I mixed it up. Yeah, Emily Weber and Maggie Weller. Both freshmen, though. Uh, Maggie's a sophomore, but she'll be there. I'm mixing it up, 100%. Maggie Weller there. Um, Ada Shadwald, we talked about. Uh, Reagan Haith, I talked about. You'll have Norianka back. Reichensberger can fill a role. I mean, everyone there is just, you're filling the roles that you need to fill. Right. And that's the thing is, if she comes back, she comes into a roster that has setters. So yes, 100%. It's interesting what they would do with a third setter. They've kind of eliminate, eliminated Norianka from the setting position and put her in the back row. And she's and done well. as a Exactly. And as a server, serving specialist. She has, I want to say she's probably top on the team in service aces. She serves really well. Um, so I don't know exactly what Leffler would do at this point, but also obviously they, she would be splitting time or moving Emily Weber to the back row next year if they were to redshirt and for the rest of their time at ISU. So it's an interesting position to be put in. I'm not sure if they think that's something that's worth it, but we'll have to look into that. Yeah, for sure. You'll So Kendi Hilliard's leaving next year. You'll lose Kushner. You'll leave Weimisker. So that's obviously some big losses, but like I said, I mean, you're bringing in you're bringing back a lot of really, really good young talent there. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. But obviously, you gotta focus on this season. Like I said, you win three or four more of these games, anything can happen with you for the rest of the season. Um, I think that's it for volleyball for me. Anything from you, Reed? That's all I got. 
All right, so now we want to touch on a big upset win from ISU soccer after a very tough conference play in which up to this past Sunday they had lost every game with one draw in the middle there. They come out with a 4-2 win over the MVC leading Missouri State Bears and knock them out of first <laughs> place. That was just, what a win for them. I don't know that anybody really saw that coming. 4-2, four goals is the second, or no, the most they scored in conference play. Um, Easily. Pre- previous yeah. high of the season was five three, against Lindenwood. Yeah. They had three against um, Murray State, but that was a That was blowout. a shootout, yeah, 7-3 yeah, so. shootout. Um, but, I mean, that's... Just a huge win, and what a way to end a season that, outside of that, was really just honestly rough. But just, I think that was a big win for the entire organization in this young season. Yeah, I mean, just wow. It's, uh, I don't think anyone, definitely I don't think anyone outside of the program expected that. But inside the program, I think it shows a lot of fight, a lot of dedication, and I'm really excited for what this team is going to have next year. Um a couple standout freshmen. I mean, Leah Crotty was excellent all season. And then Hillary Griffin ended her season with the Missouri Valley Conference Freshman of the Week Award. Um, I think this team just has a lot to show. They are losing some of their um, higher-profile players in uh, to graduation this spring. But, I mean, Marissa Kresge is going to be back for her second year, obviously. Um, she's going to get some of her own recruits in there more. And then I think the freshmen and some of the younger players on this team are really going to start to stand out next season. Yeah, uh, Hillary, Hillary Griffin, Kelsey McLaughlin, uh, Leah Crotty, a couple really good young players on that team, going to build a foundation there under head coach Marissa Kresge, who I think that was a big win for her. I mean, when you come in, despite everything that's gone on through conference play, non-conference play, whatever, and you take down the number one team in the MVC in your final game of the season, that's just – that leaves a statement and shows the direction that this program is headed. It's been a rough season, but I think it's a bright future, for definitely, for this team. Um, like I said, I believe that was their last game. They finished last in the Missouri Valley Conference, so they will not make the tournament. But just a high note to end the season on, despite not being able to make that tournament, for sure. Uh, I think that's it for soccer for me. A couple other big uh, performances throughout Redbird sports, though. So, uh, we can start off with a little bit of men's tennis. Uh, they played at the ITA Midwest Regionals. Uh, kind of an up and down weekend for them as a whole. A um, couple of, like first round wins, and then they would lose the next one, and they didn't make it past the second day, I believe, or they might have made it one pass. I believe it was um, one second. Here. Nam Pham, he had he went one and one in singles. Who else did that? Arvid Hajalte went one and one, I believe. But just like I said, kind of an up and down weekend for them. It was it was hard to see what what all's going on there but like i said it's still really early in the season i think this team has a lot of potential yeah they keep trying themselves with um just high profile schools how high profile players they're competing against so um i've i think i've said it the past two weeks but it's hard to evaluate exactly um how they're going to show up in mvc play and that's for the men's and women's tennis team um even cross country i mean isu sports as a whole they do not mess around in conference play they are not ducking anyone they're not trying to preserve a record by any means. They want the best competition they can play. I think you see that as a trend across the programs um, in Redbird Athletics. So I really appreciate that they try to do that. Maybe pull off an uh, upset win, too, while you're doing it. So um, they're really preparing themselves for MVC play, um, or I guess more so their regular season yeah. before that in the spring. So, And then um, they're playing big names in that, too. So... 
I think they're really going to be prepared. I guess, sorry, not MVC, but the Summit League yeah. um, for the tennis program. So, um, yeah, I think they're just preparing themselves um, for their regular season, and they're going to continue to show out. Yeah, they got one more meet here in the fall, November 11th through 13th at the Drake Invite, um, and then they're done for the fall season before kicking back up in January, January 20th. They go to or they host UIC. So, honestly, I like you said. I think it's it's really hard to evaluate when you're going get going up against the competition that these guys are going up against right now. But it's definitely definitely some bright spots within that team. There's also some bright spots within the women's tennis team as well. Um, Nevena Kolarovic uh, went the farthest for them. She had a good solos match. She made it to the Saturday performance before falling in two sets to Ohio State. Coley Allen, but overall, just like the men's team, a really strong weekend. I mean, they were able to get a couple wins in singles and doubles, and then obviously it was they didn't have a whole lot of success getting past Saturday. But it, I think it's the same thing. You're going against teams. Ohio State was in there. I believe Notre Dame was in there. So a couple just high-level programs there for the women's tennis team. And you're just, like you said, when you schedule teams like that, it goes to show the confidence that you have in your players, regardless of what the outcome is. And I think, I think there's a lot of confidence within that women's tennis team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, something I want to point out is this roster, you see a, a big name um, step up and make an impact like every week. So I think they're, the key to their success will just be kind of getting them to all do it the same week and kind of getting everyone to play together um, across singles and doubles. But Alexandra Bezva, Tara Danjanovic, they've had players step up across the fall season and I think you're going to continue to see that, and they'll just continue to play better as a group. Uh, I think this experience, like I said, is just going to really help them um, compete when their regular season comes around. I would agree 100%. They have one more meet, I believe, as well in this fall season, the Redbird Duels, uh, coming up in two weekends. Uh, and then, like you said, just a couple really strong performances from them during this fall season from them and the men's tennis team. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do there in the early winter or late winter, early spring season. Uh, a little bit more uh, Redbird sports. Uh, Cross Country had a solid outing there at the MVC uh, uh, Championships this past weekend in Champaign, or before the MVC Championships in Champaign. Uh, in Champaign is where it was. Um, they had, I believe it was third place is what they got. Mm-hmm. The women's side, yep. The women's side got third place, so just a strong performance from them. Uh, Connor Murphy had a good outing for the men's team. Just all-around great performances, a couple uh, – personal best around the board there and i think that cross-country team has put together just a really an outstanding uh fall season i know there's been a couple up and down moments but in the end i mean when you get third place at that Illini open that's a really good uh outcome yeah absolutely and i think i mean big fan of jet bovey and everything he does with the um cross-country and, and track, track yeah. yeah i mean only person to coach four programs at ISU, so <laughs> kind of an interesting situation for him. But um, yeah, I think it. Also, I noticed there's some unfamiliar names that you see in the recaps um, that Redbirds, the ISU athletics post. So I think it looked like they were kind of resting some of their bigger names. Definitely, and definitely on the men's side, you only see two runners get sent out. They don't even record a team score. So. I think this team is focusing on the MVC championships in Terre Haute, um, and that's going to be this weekend. So as they should, you know, that's what uh, really matters. That's how they get to the NCAAs. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think Baptiste Tardivo is going to be back this weekend and um, on the men's side, and then some of the other big names you've seen on the women's side are going to be back to compete. So I think they're 
going to be rested up and ready to um, just do everything they can to place high at the Missouri Valley Conference Championships. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I think they're resting a couple people, getting them ready for this big weekend coming up here October 28th at the MVC Championships in Terry Hutt. Uh, big weekend for them ahead. But like I said, I think just a really strong performance for them so far this fall season. You've only got uh, – one more meet the NBC championships, like I said, and then the NCAA Midwest Regional and NCAA Championships, and then you're already done with your fall season. So um, the last thing I do want to talk about today is a little bit of swimming and diving. They put together a really solid performance there um, in Chicago. They finished second out of four teams, um, and it was a lot of those usual names that you've seen that are putting together strong performances. Eva Reyes continued her just – incredible start to her career from last year into this year she's been a stud for this program uh basco had a big weekend as well a couple medley teams did really well just a really strong start to this season for the swimming and diving team all around the board yeah and the thing about swimming and diving is such a deep roster um you're gonna get used to hearing some of those names obviously eva reyes is just a standout diver um but it's a deep team. There's plenty of opportunities for a lot of different um, athletes to uh, step up and make a big impact on the team's final score. So uh, just keep looking for uh, different athletes to step up throughout the year. And um, I think there's been a lot of positives to take from swimming and diving as they've started their year. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like I said, just uh, the 200-yard med- medley time was the best of the season for them. Eva Reyes keeps posting high scores, and I believe this one wasn't at home, but I believe last week when they had the home meet, she's never lost a diving event at home Wow! through the years. They were saying she was still undefeated at home. That might only be in one of the other, in the one-meter or three-meter, but regardless, yeah. that's really impressive. As group. a freshman. Yeah, she's been incredible up to this point. And now so, as a sophomore, yeah. So just big, big weekend really for ISU sports. Couple big wins, but an even bigger couple weeks coming ahead for some of these teams. Football, you got to get a couple of these wins, stay close in some of these games. Volleyball, it's really just do or die time for them if they want to compete this year. Um, just all around the board, just a big weekend and a lot to look forward to for this, really the entire ISU program. I think that's it for me. Anything else from you? That's all I got. All right, thanks for joining us today. In the meantime, make sure to follow our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at viddy underscore sports, and we will see you next week.